I'm just going to see what the Spirit's up to today. I'm going to probably start with what's on my notes. Um, God has a way of sometimes hijacking things and taking him us on our, his own journey. Um, you know, if, if you're new to Ivy Church, welcome. Hallelujah. If you've been coming, welcome. Hallelujah. Um, you know, we really tried to be led by the Spirit of God here, and we believe that God is alive, that he, He's living His life through His people today, and that He is speaking. He's a God who's always speaking. We're often not aware of that, but He is always whispering and saying things to His kids. And so we just want to hear from you today, God. We just thank you that you are an ever-present help in time of need. God, we're so grateful that we could be in the field of dreams. God, returning here with joy and gladness. God, celebration, God, of just your goodness in all of our lives and your faithfulness. And God, like Mark already said, you are the hope of the nations. God, we crown you king. Your, your word says you set as king at the flood and you will sit as king forever. So God, we just declare that you are our God. You are our king God, you are our understanding Father. We love you. We love you. Amen. So ideally, go to the bathroom before you come. But if you need to go to the bathroom right here, it's all good. <laughs> that is our house. So you can go through the gate or around and get in there and use the downstairs bathroom. That works. Um, for all those who missed it, you probably saw it when you came in. There's hand sanitizer right at the front. There's gift cards. Apparently, the governor says that anyone on staff has to take their temperature. So I took my temperature. I'm good to go. Don't you worry about that. In case anyone shows up, I got my mask right here. Don't you worry about that either. <laughs> if it gets sweaty out here, I'll just be like, all right. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, too good. Mark, that whole 99 one sheep thing was amazing. Just want to put that out there. That felt fresh out of the, the quarantine right there. I was just, I was, I was hot. <laughs> so, hey, before I jump into the message, I just want to tell a little story about my daughter, Zoe. Um, Zoe's three years old. You probably saw her. She was one of those kids that were running around. But when the quarantine hit, you know, and the coronavirus hit, we were talking a lot about it in our home due to, you know, everything changing, the church changing. And when you're three-year-old, you're just kind of picking up on the environment. You're not exactly sure everything's going on. So for a long time, at least a week or two, <laughs> maybe three, she, she, every time I got on the phone or anything, she's like, you talking to the coronavirus? I'm like, no, I'm not talking to the coronavirus. You know, I'm on FaceTime with someone and she's like, is that the coronavirus? I'm like, no, that's not the coronavirus, you know? And in her little mind, like the coronavirus was everywhere and it could be anybody at any time. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, you know, there's something about what we give our ears to, what we give our attention to in life and what we allow to shape us. You know, Zoe was listening to a lot, and as a result, she was creating stories. She was creating a narrative that anyone could be the coronavirus. It could be anywhere. Um, and today, you know, I really want to talk about Jesus, and that's what we always want to talk about. But I want to talk about how he has a narrative, he has a story, he has a lens, he has a way of seeing life that he's inviting us all into that same narrative and that same way of seeing life. 
Probably for about the last three weeks, I have not been able to shake this word. And I feel like it's a word not just for me, because when God usually lingers something there, it's for the whole church family. And it's a real simple word, but it's this word, guys. It's the word, listen. And I just keep hearing the Spirit say, when I'm praying for us, when I'm praying for our family, just listen. And I feel like God's inviting us all to just pay a little more attention to incline our ears a little bit more, to lean in to what the Father is saying to us in this hour and in this time. Guys, this is such a pivotal time in history. There has never been anything like this that has shook the whole world. And like we said when we went into this, it felt like God put the whole world on like a sabbatical, a Sabbath, a pause. And for the first week or two, right, we were probably all like, yeah! Week three, I saw it on most people. They're like, this is rough. This is real rough. You know, by a month then or two, everyone's just like, we done. We real done. You know, and and honestly, like it has been a place. This whole thing has been a place that I feel like God has brought us to begin to surface things that you wouldn't look at unless things slow down enough that you actually had to look at them. Guys, we know our God. I want want to just kill that lie in any of you that think you don't know God, you don't hear God. You know your God. You do. It's him that is with you. It's his voice that's speaking to you. It may not look like Bob or Mary, but it looks like how he ministers to you how he talks to you, how he reveals himself to you. But you know your God. Hearing God, knowing God should never have been difficult. It's low cookie shelf. Like there they are, yum, yum, yum. Like it's low cookies. You're not up high trying to get to them. It's right there. My sheep hear my voice. They know me. They follow me. That wasn't supposed to be complicated. And if Jesus is saying, the talking Jesus is saying, it's better I get out of here so I can send the Spirit, it must have been much easier for us to minister with the Spirit and know the Spirit, who is Christ, than it was if he was even here right now. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to have Jesus in a straight bod? You know, you're like, Jesus, Jesus, what up? (laughs) But he's there. He really is there speaking to you talking with you. Jesus is here. Oh, they got rusty. Jesus is here. Guys, no condemnation, straight up, ever in God. But are we more attuned to God's voice and narrative in our life? Are we more attuned right now to CNN, to Fox News, to social media, to everyone else's opinion on every, every subject out there? Like, what are we more attuned to in this season of our life? Let me remind you of the first words. And when, and when something is first in the Bible, always pay attention because God's setting a precedent of what he wants to do. And it's really important. But the first words out of the mouth of Jesus when he starts his ministry is this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Meaning, change your mind, change your thoughts, change your direction. Why? Because heaven is here now. It's at hand. Jesus is saying this, guys. God is bringing his world into our world. 
that our, the God of the cosmos is literally now massaging his purposes into humanity, into this world. Repent. Why would I do that? Because heaven is right here, right now. It's at hand. Outside of the message of Father that Jesus revealed to the earth, his central message was the kingdom of God. There is more on the kingdom of God than any other thing in all of scripture. Over 150 times, Jesus talks about the kingdoms like this and the kingdoms like that and heavens like this because he was trying to introduce us something to a new world, introduce his people. There's a new world being ushered in. There's a new way of doing life. There's a new perspective, a new lens I want to give you on how to see people and how to see society. Come on, guys. You with it? Come on. Now, you would be naive to think we're in heaven. Right? I mean, this is clearly not heaven. (laughs) But we would also be naive to not acknowledge that God is bringing more of heaven into earth. If you were in Isla Vista 20 years ago, as Holly and me were, you would see, wow, more of heaven is coming into Isla Vista right now. This is the healthiest Isla Vista has ever been. What is that? That's heaven. All of us right now are experiencing aspects of heaven and aspects of hell. We don't wait to get there. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm so surprised it's like this. We're like, I was tasting some of that on earth, but I just stepped into like a total upgrade. This is amazing. But people are experiencing hell and heaven now. And the Bible is very clear that there's a kingdom of light and goodness and love and a kingdom of darkness. And the Bible says of all of us, you've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom he is well-pleased. You know what's so cool? There's a lot of things actually really cool about God and life. But one thing that I love, it says that we're actually citizens of heaven. And that right now in this moment, I know you're all sitting down, seated, but it says that you're seated with God in heavenly places. Straight up, dude, that's wild. Like you're literally seated right here on earth, but you're in a dual reality. You're seated with Christ and heavenly places. Meaning he's saying, you have access to the things of heaven right now. Guys, don't get confused with the mission of Jesus, which has always been from the beginning, was to bring heaven into earth. The Lord's prayer was what? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be his name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Check that out, guys. He was literally telling us, we don't know how to pray. How do we usher heaven more into earth? Pray this way. Hallow the name of Father. Reverence it, worship it, adore it, and then say, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Guys, we are the people of God who bring heaven into earth. Through your life, through your actions, through your thoughts, through your prayers. You feel like you can't do anything right now in the nation? Get on your face and pray. Who's praying? People are reposting, but who's praying? And that's what we need. We need people of prayer. And yes, we need action and we need to do things. But first, let's begin in the place of prayer. So our hearts match his hearts. And our thoughts match his thoughts. And our ways are actually his ways. And it's not just us taking on something. We're actually dependent on him. Guys, without the lens of God's kingdom coming to earth, you'll live your life reacting to everything around you instead of responding with him. You'll react like you don't even have a God instead of respond with God. This is what a kingdom lens will do for you because you realize, actually, I'm an ambassador of a kingdom. I'm representing Jesus. I'm representing him to the world. You live a little different when you know that you're a representative of Christ, an ambassador of him. What's heaven like? Look at the people of God. They would know us by our love for one another. They would know by how we respond to tragedies and things going on in the earth. And Jesus isn't here today, but he is here through you, through me, through his church, through his people. And God's never had a plan B except the church. He's never been like, I'm going to try a new plan. He says, I'm always going to work through my people. Say this all the time. It's not like we're a body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his ears. We are his mouthpiece. But how could you be a voice and a mouth for God if you don't even spend time with God? Guys, it's near impossible to respond with the heart of God if you're not taking time to listen, be still, silent yourself, sit with God. Bible says weep with those who are weeping. We need to be weeping with God. Sorry, I'm coming out the gate with kind of a heavy message. Good, no apologies, move on. (laughs) Guys, life is so full of uncertainties, it's nuts. The older you get, the more uncertain you are. Thank you, whoever said that. Hopefully you're almost 40. (laughs) Guys, and this is the reality. Most people hate uncertainty. They hate uncertainty. But if you want to live a life of faith, you got to get good at embracing uncertainty. In Hebrews 11, it talks about men and women who literally learn to lean into uncertainty and embrace uncertainty in life. And as a result, they live lives of faith. Guys, our jobs isn't to figure everything out. Our jobs is to lean into the one. When did we become experts on everything? We're just called to lean into him in the midst of our uncertainty and our doubts and our frustrations. And often when you lean into uncertainty, you don't always get answers. So if you're going into God to get answers, that's a zero. 
You may get answers sometimes, but you won't always get answers, but you'll get God. And sometimes you connect with the God of angel armies and you come out, you're like, God, God, right? And sometimes you're like, you need provision and you connect with the one that owns a cattle in a thousand hills. And you're like, dude, he owns cattle. I'm good. I'm good. And then you remind yourself in this season that this is the God that's with the oppressed, that's with the injustice in the earth, that's near to the brokenhearted because you went in there with him and you found him in that place. Guys, when we don't lean into God, guess what we do? We create our own stories. We create our own narratives. We get our own lens for things. And then usually our mouth follows. Guys, we're all storytellers, straight up. We're all telling stories all the time about ourselves, about other people, about society. And most of our stories, you know what they do? They partner with fear, worry, anxiety, Do you know those things aren't of the kingdom, aren't of heaven? You get your own stories and not God's stories, you're gonna have a blurry lens to life. And that's why we actually need one another. So sometimes people need to call you out on your blurry lens because you think your lens is 20-20 and it's way off. All right, you guys got me on the soapbox. I'm off of it, sorry. I'm back. Guys, we're just good at stories. You ever tell a story about someone, then you hear their testimony, you're like, oh, never mind, I'll shut up and change my story. Am I the only one done that? Okay, no. A lot of holy people out here, I love it. You ever have like a pain in your intestine and you Google it and you're like, I'm I'm clearly gonna die tonight in my sleep. (laughs) It's over. I mean, what'd you do? You literally told yourself a story and you pronounced a death sentence on yourself. You're still here, you're good. Google was off. (laughs) Guys, here's the question, guys. What stories are we creating in our life? What stories right now are you telling yourself about people, about society? There's a great story, and I believe it's 1 Kings 18 about Elijah. He's he's on Mount Carmel with uh, a bunch of false prophets, the prophets of Baal. I'm not going to go into the whole story. It's a crazy story, actually. But they basically both build an altar, and they're like, we're going to find out who, who's God's real. And there's like, I can't remember the number. It could be hundreds. could be thousands of 500. Bam. we got the Bible scholars in the front. Praise God. Um, 500, literally 500 of these guys that are going to call on their God, Bell, to come down and burn up this altar and show that he's real. They do all their things. They do their dancing. They do their stuff. Nothing works. Then Elijah comes over, builds his little altar. One guy, you know, I think it's Graham Cook who said, one, one believer is always in the majority, right? Because you got the Trinity. It's actually four of you. Um, but you, he builds this thing. He throws water on it. He taunts them. He calls on God. God freaking boom, drops fire. <laughs> Takes out the altar, takes out the prophets. You think you would be like, yes! But right after, dude, Elijah gets hit with his own story. He's like, Ahab, the king, Jezebel, they're gonna kill me. They're gonna kill me. He like literally takes off, goes into a cave all by himself, and he creates a story. And his story is, I'm gonna die, and I'm all alone. Anyone ever felt all alone? And then he tells himself, this is it. 
This is it. Take me, God. And then God shows up, right? Gotta love God. He's like, what are you doing, basically? This is the JIV version. Read it in the real, the real version. He's like, what are you doing, Elijah? He's like, there's actually, I wrote the number down so I didn't forget it. 7,000. 7,000. He tells Elijah, there's actually 7,000 other people like you that haven't been the knee. You're good to go, bro. Go back to, the, back to Israel. I mean, Elijah created a whole story that he was all alone, that it was all on him. The game was over. Who gave him that idea? He did. But that's what we do if we're not spending time with him, if we're not listening, if we're not inclining our ear. I just finished Proverbs, all 31 of them, one a day. I'm starting them again, June 1st, tomorrow, one a day. Proverbs are a father speaking to a son, but daughters, you can read it in the same vein. It's literally a father be like, I'm gonna help father you. And I can't tell you how many times throughout Proverbs you're gonna hear the saying, listen, listen, get wisdom, get understanding, incline your ear. Why? Because we need to be teachable. We need to have our hearts in a place of like, I don't know, God, help me. Can you imagine if my daughters, everything from my 13, how many daughters do I have? Three? 13, nine, three, are just like, I'm good, dad. I got it all. I know it all. Wait, maybe they do do this sometimes. Anyway, no. Um, you know, but like to not stay teachable, to not ask questions, to not incline their ear when mom and dad are sharing stuff with them. God's inviting his children to listen. Let me give you two verses. I'm going to be landing soon, okay? Cool. Two verses out of the Bible that Jesus lived his life out of. And this is from the book of Isaiah. These, these verses came 700 years before Jesus. The Bible's so cool. Like, I'm not even into this stuff, but I know it's like crazy amount of like Old Testament prophecies that got fulfilled in the New Testament. But anytime I read one that's super obvious, it's always like, dude, God, you're amazing. You're like, you just hit all these gems and jewels. And, but Jesus lived his life out of these verses. And the church today, we're called to do the exact same thing. 9-6, Isaiah. For a child will be born to us. Who's that child? A son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Here's the kicker. And there'll be no end to the increase of his government or his peace on the throne of David or over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. One more time, it's so good. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There'll be no end to the increase of his government or his peace on the throne of David or over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice 
and righteousness. From then on and forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Whoo! Guys, we're not going to be ignorant that there's evil in the world. But at the same time, a lens that you can live, live into is a lens of a kingdom that's advancing in the earth. And at the increase of his government and his shalom, there will be no end. And if we had more time, I would take you to the book of Daniel and show you how he's establishing this kingdom to overtake every other kingdom in the world. Some believers have a very doom and gloom in times. I believe the church is getting more glorious. That our best day awaits the church, guys. Arise and shine for your light has come for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Deep darkness will cover the earth, but God's light will shine upon you. I mean, there's a day coming where the church is gonna glow in the earth. Darkness is real, but light's even more real. And you know, as a believer that you were created for the darkness, we shine the best in the darkest places. So yeah, get involved in where the Spirit's leading you and being a voice. And that's why we're in Isla Vista. Because the church needs to be the light. We don't hide our light, we are the light. Guys, Hebrew 12 says this, that God, this is a promise. <laughs> See guys, oh man, I'm not going there. Trails. Little bunnies coming down. Follow me. I'm not following you. Back up. (laughs) Hebrews 12. It says that he will shake everything that can be shaken. Let that just sit in. In your life, in my life, in our nation, that this is our God, that he promises that he will shake everything that can be shaken. And the only reason he would shake everything that can be shaken is so that the good stuff would come to the surface. And when he shakes stuff, guys, it's time to lean into the uncertainty, to lean into the unknown. Who's the father of our faith? Abraham. Says of Abraham, he was called out to a place not knowing where he was going to receive an inheritance. He didn't know where he was going. He's like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just following a voice. Amen. Straight feel the dreams. Never did anything crazy until I heard the voice. <laughs> got to hear the voice. Some of you got that. Some of you didn't. All good. <clears throat> All right. Last thing I'm saying here. For those of you that are confused about the kingdom, the values of the kingdom, the heart of the kingdom, the ways of the kingdom, This is my encouragement to you this week. Read Matthew 5, 6, 7. And then once you get done reading it, read Matthew 5, 6, 7. And then after you're done, Matthew 5, 6, 7. These three chapters are loaded of what heaven is like, what God's government looks like, and how we're called to respond as citizens of heaven. I'm ending it here. I'm reading you a verse. It's the last four verses in the Sermon on the Mount. Not in Matthew 5, not in Matthew 6, but in Matthew 7. Jesus, 
Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. See, guys, this shaking is real. Listen. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and slammed against that house. And yet it didn't fall for it had been founded on a rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against this house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Amen and amen.